Your favorite thing to do on a day off? Binge watch television. Hello and welcome to Reba Watchables, your favorite Reba recap pod. Uh, the Revolution has already been televised as I, your co-host, Natalie Weiner, and... Johnny Opping. Uh, we we've a, already we've already established that, I think, at this point. Yeah. We got a good good guest today, but, I mean, we were on hiatus. For a while. Long hiatus. A lot of <laughs> Reba fans struggling uh, through the month of September without us. And August. I and August. Think we, yeah. Yeah. But, I don't know, we had, I feel like... Uh, admirable reason. Yeah, I think. we did. Like, on, I don't know, on this podcast we talk a lot about 9-11 and, <laughs> and the relationship, its relationship to, to the first season of Reba. And, like, because it's a, a, a podcast where we like to laugh and have yeah, fun. It is. You know, with the 20th anniversary of 9-11, we didn't want to... You know, we didn't want to just... Go on with business as usual, you know, like the lamestream media would right. would suggest that yeah. we should. Um, so yeah, we just did kind of a, a prolonged yeah. moment of silence, right. if res- you will, a out respectful, of respect. Extended moment of silence. <laughs> and uh, we're ready to break that moment of silence now. Though. Yeah, exactly. Because with, uh, we did commemorate the twentieth anniversary of nine eleven with our absence. James cares a lot, our guest about about the 20th anniversary of 9-11. James, say hello to the people. I care. I do. I do. Wow. I care. Hi, people. Um, <laughs> this is James Bennett, the second, not the first, the second. Not, not the first. That's my dad. That's that's his dad. Um, yeah, that's true. James is a dear friend of mine from our college days. That's right. Back to freshman year, Columbia just TBT marching band pals for life, but he is also an esteemed arts and culture reporter at GBH in Boston. Of Allegedly late. esteemed. <laughs> no, very, very, very esteemed. Um, James, how's it going? How was your 20th anniversary of 9-11? Um, you know, it, it was, um, it was the 20th anniversary. God, I know we're doing, we're going to be cutting some shit in post. Um, <laughs> I mean, just, f- we don't. You don't have to talk about 9/11. What the fuck was to. I doing on 9/11? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was in. Sp- I was in, all right, all right. I was in Spain. I was in uh, Seville, Sevilla. Uh, it was the night after a wedding, the day after a wedding. Um, and uh, you know, I, I'm just gonna say it. Not being in the United States yeah. on 9/11. You, I think kind, you kind of forget that it's 9-11. That's, uh, that's yeah. honestly fair and maybe good, you know? Then it, as with the 20th anniversary of 9-11, it was, like, so easy to veer into, like, really bad takes. I would say, like, 99.9% of the takes offered were just horrifying or extremely inane or stupid or self-serving or all of the above. So, like, just opting out entirely, like, being in another country, it's kind of, like, a great way Oh no! Oh no, Natalie! I didn't opt out entirely. Uh, getting getting ready for said wedding, I was in the shower, and on my speaker, I played the um the latest ep- the then latest episode of uh, Frontline Dispatch, which examined wow. the through line from nine eleven to January sixth, twenty twenty one. Another thing that I forgot wow. happened this year. So um, memory is uh is short and fickle. Wow, that yeah. sounds really serious. When you said. I was listening in the shower. I thought for some reason that you were going to be like, I was listening to the Alan Jackson 9-11 yeah. song. Yeah, I, 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 I was like, like, wow, that's a really specific way to pay tribute that I wouldn't have expected. But um, yeah. Anyway, shout out Alan Jackson, famous 9-11 rememberer. Um, but yeah, anyway, so we're here to talk Reba, not 9-11 for once. I believe this episode that we're going to discuss actually aired in 2002. Johnny, correct did, me if I'm yeah. wrong. It aired uh, January 25th, 2002. So. Mere weeks after a uh, after a huge moment in the pop culture sphere. Wait, what was I'm that? Which I'm sure we'll get to. Oh, we'll get to it. Don't worry. We'll get to it. I'm, sure we'll, I'm sure we'll get to it. Like, you don't, we don't know what it is. So you're like, yeah, you'll, I'm sure yeah. I will bring it up, is what it, you're it, it, it fucked me up for being completely real. I, I, I paused the episode and I was Whoa. like, oh my God. 
That's wow. quite a tease. Wait, it was referenced in this episode. It, it was indeed referenced in this episode. What? Oh, yeah. Was it I, Harry I, Potter? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I okay. yeah. All right, thank you for spoiling it. Okay, but, I mean, it sorry, your, I'm it, sorry. It is your sorry. show, so it's totally fine. But I mean, all right, yeah. But let's get into it, right? I so again, I knew that Reba McIntyre had a show. Um, <laughs> I was this is not this is not news to me. I didn't watch a lot of sitcoms uh, as a kid. Um, it just my house was just you know no no work of the devil, none of that devil, none sure. of that devil shit in the yeah, house. Right. And for some reason, like primetime TV, which is, you know, the most innocuous of televisions, right. uh, you know, kind of fell into that category. Sure. Ironically, I feel this episode, though, does. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's <laughs> <into double territory. laughs> Gave but your like, mom something to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, the, but, the, but that's the thing, right? Like, I, I, you know, I have to really strain to remember trying to see this in passing um, on on television as a, as a, you know, as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um but when, when that when that joke you know when that joke hit, uh, who was it? It was. Um, Should we clarify what the joke is? Before yeah, no, I'll get there. Yeah. Okay. It was Jake. It was it was Jake. Jake. Wow, good Jake. memory. So so Jake. Oh, I got I got I got notes. Don't worry. <laughs> um. So yeah, Jake. There's like you know it, it cuts the establishing shot outside of Reba's house, and um you know the the dad is at home, and Jake has a has a. a a broomstick on the ground and he's just screaming up. And I was like, Oh, that's weirdly Harry Potter esque. And then, <laughs> you know, uh, and then, um, you know, Papa Hart is like, <laughs> yo, you're not Harry Potter. Like go, I don't know. Go throw a football. I don't know. Whatever, right. whatever. Right. You know, toxic dads. It's say. kind of like definitely a, a sexist thing. He's like, why are you playing with a broom and not with a golf glove? It's like, yeah, weird vibes. Brock. Just and I was, just, as if I was he's just old like, enough to be like playing. He said, "With my golf club." Yeah, it's like my, you don't yeah. want a seven-year-old seven be doing with a golf club <laughs> taller than him. Yeah, <laughs> but like, no, it's 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 true. Right? It's like I, when that joke was one of the the two jokes for me that got you know a really big. Well, I guess it got me a laugh, but it did give me a. I did pause it, like I said, and the reason why is that I just kind of forgot how far away two thousand one was. Like, yeah. Daniel Radcliffe was, like, what, 11 years old in 2001? Yeah. Right. 2002, whenever this came out? I mean, it definitely, what, would have been in production in the year 2000, right? Yeah, yeah I well, mean, that's what I was going to ask. Was, like... Harry Potter, the movie? Was the movie out? even out? Yeah. The movie I came out, was, I believe, in November 01, or December 2001. Oh, so they were, like, they were, they like were being on as timely it. as possible. Yeah. Yeah. They were literally talking about, like, the movie. Right. That was a direct reference. Yeah. And, that, well, and that's the thing. It's like, all right, you know, again, not to harp on 9-11, but it's like 9-11 happened. I think we remember that very well. Um, Reba was a thing. We remember that very well. And Harry Potter was a thing. And remember that very well. And all three of these things happened, like, at the same time. Yeah. And so, you know, Harry Potter's chill. I have no beef with, you know, Harry and the gang. Um, you know, we're cool. Like, I, we talk every Saturday. Every Saturday morning, we have a once-yearly brunch in, uh, in North London. But, like... Um, <laughs> But the, what really kind of got me scrambled was this mode of television that doesn't really exist anymore, if that makes sense. And like, the, the way that Reba is shot, the way that a lot of these shows at the time were shot, that's not how we do things. And you kind of forget about that, but Harry Potter has this, like, crazy-ass staying power, in part because that <laughs> franchise stretched into the beginning of, you know, what, the 2010s, right. that... I, I don't know. It's weird seeing the world in which this pop culture moment was birthed and what yeah. television and to a degree in some way film would have looked like then. I totally forgot about that. It, and this is coming from someone who watched all of Fresh Prince, right, during uh, <laughs> during lockdown and um, did a rewatch of, like, Seinfeld. It's not like I don't know how late right. 90s, 2000s TV work. works. But, like, yeah, I was just like, oh, whoa, like, the, 20 all... years is a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, well, it's like wild to think that if like Reba were on the air, whatever, like 14 years after that, mm-hmm. they would still be making, they that they still could have made that Harry Potter reference. You know, yeah. like it was that, that's how lasting that Harry Potter cultural moment was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, but thinking about like Jake, like thinking about that being like, 
a hip new thing, you know, like that Jacob, like that people watching would be like, oh yes, that movie about the wizards just came out, you know, like. Yeah. I'm like, uh, what? Mitch Holloman. Like, I, I don't know how old Jake is supposed to be. He's what? Seven, right? Seven or eight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, his sister's like 12. Yeah. Okay. And he seems younger than her by. All the kids are really pretty spaced out. I've never, we've never given this much thought, but. We yeah. can give a thought now. You yeah. know, <laughs> well, 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 okay, you know, as practical as possible. They're they're, <laughs> they're also spaced out, but and like the, the the episode, I don't know how we want to get into the songs of the episode, but the episode is like just about marriage, right, and and yeah. sex, and how marriage is so difficult, mm-hmm. and how statistically so many are doomed to fail. Sorry to all of my married friends, I have the <laughs> utmost faith in all of yeah. your just humans. like Reba, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <You're, laughs> It's you like have to be selective about that. But it's know, like whatever wedding you went to in Spain better not be listening to this. That <laughs> that shit is gonna work. I I can feel it in my bones. But for an episode that's so centered on the difficulties of of marriage and, and long-term relationships and sex, and how even Reba takes a jab at her own, you know, union being yeah. ill fated. You know, Johnny, that was a good point about the kids being spaced out because goddamn, that is like great family planning. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> It was, yeah, it's like a sense it's of, like, really good. They, or like, they seemingly had the things going for them to last, and then he cheated yeah. on her with, yeah. uh, with, with his, his dental, dental hygienist, hygienist, which I don't think you, you didn't know about, you didn't find out about You didn't his, meet Barbara Jean his in new the course life. of this episode. Barbara Jean was not introduced, but I was aware of her existence by... <laughs> A barb from both Reba and uh, the good, but also not so good folks at Google. Except for my friends that work there. I believe that you're doing the right thing. But other than them. Wow, doing a lot of like language hedging this episode. Yeah, yeah that's going to be my thing. That's just because you're prepared for how many people listen to Reba Watchables. Right. It's very pragmatic of you. It's, Given how popular this right. podcast is, you really want to watch what you it's, say. It's super easy to get canceled. <laughs> like, especially being on the first post- 20-year 9-11 anniversary. Exactly. <laughs> and for okay, Natalie to introduce you without even saying your last name, before she even said your last name, it's been like, what do you think about 9-11? <laughs> it's called Trial by Fire. We love to do that here on Reboot Watchables. But um, yes, James, you alluded, synopsis of the episode. Usually I try and sum it up as quickly as possible because famously I've been known to take 45 minutes to sum up one episode of Reba, but this one should be, I think that's great honestly. because yeah. there's like uh, only, only one, one plot line. Yeah. So right. there's, so the plot of this episode of Reba, Reba goes back to work. That's the big milestone. She, we find out that she was a teacher before she and Brock were married or before she had the kids, I guess. Um, and she's returning to substitute teaching, which is like, cool, whatever. Honestly, the substitute teaching has kind of like very little to do with the center of this episode. Um, Van and Cheyenne have two of their friends who are also dating and like super into PDA over, you know, after school. And they're kind of like talking to Reba. Reba's like, yeah, I'm substitute teacher. Oh, she has run into the kids at school, the friends, and sort of like, We've established that they all know each other. They're hanging out at Reba's house. And the other couple, we don't, I think, ever get their names. If we do, I don't remember them. They're like, we want to get married so we can be just like Van and Cheyenne. Wait, James. Eric and Marissa. Eric and Marissa. Thank you, James. Um, Yeah. So, and Van and Cheyenne are like, oh, that's so great. Like, congratulations. And Reba's like... This is a terrible idea. Like, Van and Cheyenne, you need to talk to them and tell them that marriage is really hard and that, like, they should not be married because they're teenagers. And that prompts kind of, like, a crisis of faith between Van and Cheyenne. And they're like, wait, like, you don't believe... Like, they start questioning their own marriage, of course, because they're both really stupid and they, like, transfer this whole thing onto their... Well, they, they like, using examples of yeah. why it's hard are forced to, like, Pick talk shit about each with other. each other. Yeah. So it, like, becomes this whole thing and you know the other couple says well really we just want to have sex so then sort of the heart of the problem comes to comes to the center which is that you know they aren't really ready for marriage they just want to have sex with each other and Reba's like oh well that's not a good enough reason to get married you know and she's just kind of like you know marriage is a huge commitment you know you shouldn't make it off make the decision off of something that trivial 
And then it comes back around to bite Reba in the butt because the kids have sex instead of getting married, which is kind of anybody could have seen that coming. And for some reason, like the daughter's Marissa's mom, like walks in on them about to have sex and tells the principal, which kind of a weird reaction because <laughs> like, what, but she says that Marissa says that Reba told her this is what she would, should do instead of getting married, which Marissa kind of snitching and like sure. bad vibes all around. So Reba gets fired from the school from, because this principal is like famously, we already know she's kind of a bitch um, and weirdly conservative asshole. So she's like, you can't tell teenagers to have sex, blah, blah, blah. Reba's like, that's not what I did. She's like, you're fired from substitute teaching. Reba's sad. Brock gives her a pep talk which is a sort of turn for Brock because throughout the course of this episode, he's been like, why are you going back to work? I don't want to have like latchkey kids, blah, blah, blah. He's like questioning her decision. And she's like, well, I got fired. So you don't have to worry about it. But he gives her this very sweet pep talk. And then she in turn gives Cheyenne a pep talk. And it's like, no, like just because I said like, it's hard doesn't mean I think you guys are doomed. Like, you know, everybody's different and like, you know, you guys, as long as you're prepared for the challenges, like, I know you can, you can do this, etc. And it ends with Reba, like, randomly giving her other two kids, like, a sex talk, including Jake, which seems definitely unnecessary. Yeah. And, and, uh, Van and Cheyenne, like, make up. Yes, like, they make they, up. They sort of resolve their, uh, lack of confidence tiff. in... Yeah the future of their marriage. Right. Um, which res- is resolved so easily that it still makes you wonder about their... Right. Uh, <laughs> Jordan, do, you, do you know how they did that? How they did it? Yeah, do you know how? 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 It's this crazy-ass thing called uh, communication. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty fucking sick. It is. James, this Metal. was your first episode of Reba, right? Yeah, yeah, from Cradle to Grave. So, Slash, yeah. what... What was your initial takeaway? What what was your thought? Of the episode or of the show writ large? Which Both. I guess are one and the same. Yeah. yeah. For you, it's one and the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So, you know, the first thing that stuck out to me. Well, I like the theme. The theme The theme is cool. I, yeah. I, I dig the theme of this show. Um, I thought that, like, they're, I don't know what the phrase is in, in television, like the bumper music, like the music that they, they played during, like, establishing <laughs> shots and, like, exterior shots and shit like that. That was a that was a groove. <laughs> I didn't know exactly what kind of humor was mm. going to be yeah. kind of established or how the characters really behaved. This episode took a turn that I honestly did not expect. There, all right, there, there were two avenues. There was one road that I wanted them to go down, and they didn't. And I kind of knew they wouldn't do humor that. humor wise or plot wise. Uh, both actually. Yeah. Um. I think that this humor line slash plot line just couldn't have existed in 2001. Um, what and then there want? was, what did I want? What is that thing that couldn't have existed then? So it's, it's at the beginning where Van is like uh, explaining how he had the dream of the, the goat baby. <laughs> right. Oh, I forgot about that detail. <laughs> and it becomes, you know, like a, a D-level running gag throughout the episode. Right? There's like four references to it. Um, and it ends with like a like the go baby joke. Right. As my first ever episode of Reba, <laughs> I, I kind of was like, how great would it have been if it took a surrealist turn <laughs> on like episode twelve of the first season, and either explored an alternate timeline or just like full tilt, like I don't know, like Rick and Morty, and did this scenario where. You know, Cheyenne does give birth to a goat baby. I don't know how it got there. And it becomes like this Rosemary's baby, like Damien kind of thing. And then that's the course of the series. Like, holy shit. Here's this like really cute demon goat baby. I think he probably would have known if that show existed. I don't think this would be your first episode. The show with Reba and also a goat baby. It's called Young Sheldon, James. Yeah. I have a point about that. And it's like, I don't know if this crossed either of your minds, but like when they were do, I mean, I think it entered my mind, like you said, because they, because they 
re-referenced it like five times Mm -hmm. but by like the second time at least them choosing that joke i was thinking that like band like don't get me wrong like i get that band's supposed to be like hunk like like classically Mm -hmm. good looking dude but like if you say goat enough times while you're staring at him he looks kind of like (laughs) well they did kind of do that because Kira was like yeah, we all know which half the goat is, and she, like, looks okay. intentionally at Van. Well, that's because, I figured that's just because it was, like, because he's an idiot. Yeah. Not because he looks like one. What? But I guess they could be one and the same. <laughs> and that would go along with, like, it would be, like, not so, maybe like, the more subtle version would be, like, you meet, like, his grandparents. Yeah. And one of them is, like, the goat. <laughs> <laughs> and so the kid comes up comes out and has like even more goat features than you would expect i mean but also you know you can put that on its head too though right (laughs) and the fear wow that was hulu the fear is that uh you know van and cheyenne are gonna give birth to to a goat baby the greatest of all time i know It's going to make Van, Van's not to live in his kid's shadow, right? Van is like the corner, like the star cornerback. Right. The star the, white cornerback. Yeah. Like the goat baby could actually go to Notre Dame. And play yeah, quarterback right. Cornerback instead of cornerback. That's, cr- who's like the most famous white cornerback? I don't, Oh, we've had I this talk know. a lot. I, I don't know Fuck, if it like, exists. I mean, Jason Seahorn was a safety. Hold on, let me but see. I'm Googling now. Oh, Bobby Dylan. I've heard of Bobby Dylan. Okay. Did you just 19... Google white cornerback? I Googled, no, I didn't want that on my Google search history. <laughs> Lest my friends at Google see it. So I did Google Hall of Fame cornerbacks and then just kept scrolling in like the little image gallery. Right, okay. Until I got to Bobby Dylan, who actually just died last year. Wow. Wow, our, wow, that guy is old. Holy shit. Yeah, he was 89 years old. Um, Green Bay Packers, eight-year career. Well, I mean, Four-time All-Pro. Star cornerback. was probably better than him. Yeah, he was playing I mean, in yeah. like 1957. <laughs> I mean, but yes, James, I so, also had this thought. Like, and that's how we know Rebo was not made in the year 2021. Because if it were, then there would definitely be like Van being like, yeah, my baby's the goat or something. I don't know. I think there are still, I think like, honestly, like even when James said like these kind of shows don't exist anymore, mm-hmm. I think... I think they do, and I think also that shows that aren't online, mm-hmm. shows that have no idea what's going on online exist. I think most yeah. CBS sitcoms aren't, like, trying, aren't aware of, like, the memes. You I know what I mean? the GOAT has, like, transcended online, maybe? Or maybe Maybe. Not. There's but one way to find out. Not <laughs> There's only one, that's the one way. <laughs> We, we, we throw a party where we invite, like, all of our older relatives that watch CBS shows. Yeah. Do, like, a, like a young Sheldon marathon. <laughs> and then just casually drop goat in conversation while we're see serving, like, know. spinach dip and just see yeah. if they know it's good. I mean, my parents definitely don't know what goat hmm. means. I mean, what did you think... About the route of the episode. Okay, so what I did it seem predictable to you or no? no, I was I was kind of thrown. I was kind of thrown, honestly. You thought Uh, that it would that you you thought an actual goat baby would come. No, no, no. everything was a curveball. That was my fantasy. That is what I wanted to happen. (laughs) um, Against the odds, what I did think would happen, uh, in all seriousness, was so right. So Reba returns to teaching. Everyone likes her. She's super hip. Um, She has special teaching powers. Uh, also, unrelated, when she, the chair sunk, there's a bit in the in the episode yeah, where yeah. she sits down and they kind of, you know, pump the air out of her chair or whatever, and it sinks down. She should have rolled with that and just, like, taught like that for the rest of the, the episode. Anyway. Well, we don't um, know that she didn't, right? Because didn't the scene just go just away? Cut. Yeah. And I then, like, people seemed, the kids seemed to like her. So yeah. So maybe that was her move, you know? So what I thought would happen after they did the weird, you know, th- what, here's what I thought would happen. You know, uh, Eric and Marissa uh announce their engagement and Reba's like this is an awful idea and then she's like oh you kids are just teenagers and want a bone and they're like yeah and she's like okay got it what I <laughs> thought would happen is she would go she's clearly teaching English and she's teaching Romeo and Juliet 
uh, right on the nose along with the title of the episode, Mid-Semester's Night's Dream. Mm-hmm. So the Shakespeare fun. I thought that she was going to introduce a sex ed course to these, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, Texan yeah. teens. And then that would gin up some controversy and that would be the central conflict, right? It would right. be Reba and, you know, being kind of, and she is kind of real about sexual behavior of, um, you know, teenagers. I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about that. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, when it, when it turned out that it was just kind of like, oh, I need to be married to have sex, which I guess is a less controversial statement than it would have been in like 1962, but, you know, right. far more controversial than saying that in 2000, right. you know, 2021. Um, I was like, oh, that's the conflict that she was just like, I don't give a shit if these kids bone or not. Yeah. And, and that is like, like yeah. yeah. And that's been sort of the conflict of the show in some sense of right. her being like different than what the people around her are, but is posed as the only sane one to the audience. Right. And they kind of address it for the first time, like head on a little bit with the like Brock Reba conversation, because it's like. Like you're saying, she's walking this like really thin line where she's not explicitly being like teenagers having sex is okay, but she's kind of like tacitly endorsing it because of like Van and Cheyenne living in her house and like not, you know, rejecting them completely when they like got pregnant. Um, But everyone around her just reads that as like, oh, well, you just think all teenagers should have sex and it's fine, you know? Um... And she's never really established her position one way or the other. I kind of, like, suggested she would prefer they weren't having sex, but she feels kind of powerless to do anything about it. But um, in the Brock Reba convo, he's like, I'm impressed by, like, the way that you've handled this, you know, which has mm-hmm. never been said explicitly. She Because she's kind of having a crisis of, like, wow, like, does everyone, like, I don't want everyone to think that I'm just, like, that this is what I stand for, you know, that I'm just, Mm. like, some kind of lax parent who doesn't have any rules or, like, beliefs about, like, what things are right Yeah. Well, it's definitely, like, a message of, like, it's not what you think, it's what you do. You know, it's, like, how you react to circumstances determines what your values are. Right. And so it's, like, she never had to consciously say or even think those things to, I don't know, like, in to represent them to people. Yeah. And, Mm. like, I don't know. And so, but, and she's, like, having this crisis, and Brock is like, but what else were you going to do? You know, like, were you going to kick them out? Well, this isn't the first time, too, that, like, Brock has been used as, like, oh, he's the, one of the dumb characters. And he, based on him cheating on Reba and being stereotypically like, a guy from Texas, Mm -hmm. he represents, like, this sort of thing that is, like, oh, he represents, like, he resembles more conservative, like, like, more conservative values. Yeah. And so then, every time he comes around to her, it's, like, a, oh, it must be right. Exactly. Because she convinced someone who thinks otherwise that, and like he's used that a lot. And I mean, they've used him a lot that way and it's always takes place in the kitchen. Yeah. And he's always like, well, I think that you are a role model. Right. And it's like, and everyone's like, well, it seems like the whole world agrees. Right. The people that are like Reba (laughs) and the people that are like Brock. And those are the only kinds of people that are. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, it sounds, it sounds to me almost that for 21 minutes, Reba's like the second most real woman in Houston mm-hmm. behind Beyonce, which I should say <laughs> twenty one minutes every week. Back I in would two thousand one. Well, I, I will also say Survivor with Destiny's Child also came out in two thousand one, and um, we, you know I think we've talked about that. I think we did. Yeah, mere months after this episode aired, yeah. uh, the, right. the final single from the album that dropped. Inspiration but, had to come from somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. See, <laughs> well, well, I mean. You know, Beyonce, come on, Reba Watchables. I, I, <laughs> um, I feel that Reba does establish that position, you know, on on sex and people between the ages of presumably sixteen and eighteen, right? Yeah, it's like, because I mean, I'm not a parent. Um, I hope. Uh, and 
my God. I'm not a parent. I'm not a parent. I'm not a parent. That was a joke. That was a joke. I would take care of my kids. God damn. Um, that was a joke that would land solidly in the middle of this episode. <laughs> so they would you love it. Not <laughs> But, I mean, you know, I would like to think that if I were ever a parent, it's like, I don't know, if my kids are, you know, doing kid shit, I'm like, all right, just be responsible. Yeah. yeah. Like, Reba just, like she says, right, um, the, the, the Julia Duffy's character, the principal or whoever, who fires her, yeah. is like, you put this idea in her head, and Reba's just like, it's already in every teenager's head. Right. Like, right. what are you truly going to do about it? Which, I guess, is the you know, best argument for actually teaching an effective, you know, mode sex of sex education, ed. Yeah. Which is why I thought the episode was going to go in that right. direction, you know. Um, I mean, that would have been good. I think that something I've, like, slowly learned about Reba, the show, in these episodes so far, and it's, like, I, I'm i thinking about it as James brings up that, like, oh, it could have been a sex, like, a sex mm-hmm. ed class that she leads, like, that would have made total sense, and the laughs would have, like, the jokes would have written themselves, you know, and, like, the lesson would have been easy to wrap up to, but it's, like, Reba has, like, the show Reba has, like, very sort of, like, ambitious um, things they want to tackle, but they never have ambitious plots. You know, it's just, like, let's put out the idea, and then the show will just be us talking about it. Yeah. And that's, yeah. like, enough excitement and controversy. It's like, we don't have to do all that. Like, what you just proposed, like, that sounds like a great idea. Like, I can see someone in the writer's room, like, proposing that, and then be like, I, we don't have to do all that shit. Like, Reba will just talk about sex for a second, and then talk right. about marriage, and, like, that's gonna blow people's minds I mean, already. we haven't been in a set, in a different setting than Reba's house in, like, many moons. Yeah. You what, know, like... <laughs> what you're getting at, I think, is a 40... 40- Five to fifty-two minute episode of a show that would exist on the CW. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Between the years twenty aught seven and twenty thirteen, and I'm of course referring to Gossip Girl. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and and I'm serious. Like it, it feels like a skating epoch between a show like Reba and a show like GG. But it, it it's such a cool thing to think about. You know how. Reba can allude to these uh, these problems, these you know scenarios, um, these talking points that could have some serious like depth. that could go beyond twenty one minutes on a primetime sitcom, right? But and it's just the fact that it's Reba. As, exactly. It's not like anybody. It's not like we were all so innocent in two thousand. You know, it's not like right. I mean, like Sopranos was on. Someone said I mean? we lost our innocence in two thousand. <laughs> Right about a month before this. Well, about three months before this. Uh, But, like, it's just the fact that, like, whoa, 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 we're going to let Reba talk about this shit? Yeah. You know? Like, and it's going to take place in Sugarland, and it's, you know, a country music star. Like, that's that was enough to be controversial, basically. But, I mean, like, if you think about episodes that are the quote-unquote, like, sex episodes of shows... There are so... Okay, James, here's the other thing. This is, like, the this least is, horny episode uh, yeah, of the series. Every episode of Reba is the sex episode. Yeah. That's kind of, like, the like, thing. Basically, every... We have some guests that love Reba, and that's why they come on the show. And we have plenty of guests like you that we just make come on the show who've never seen <laughs> Reba. And most of the people in the second category... Are, like, like there's so much more sex yeah, in the show. We <laughs> usually get a text that's, like... This show is so much hornier than I thought it would be. <laughs> but yeah, okay, sorry well, that point, No, it's okay. It's, it's fine. That's called letting a point die. Um, <laughs> well, I do want to bring up one thing, though. That has, that has, to do with, that has nothing to do with Reba or the kids or sex. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, given that you're both far more versed in Reba than I am, what the fuck is up with Chuck? I, I gotta know what Chuck's deal is. Wait, who is Chuck? Is that Chuck, Chuck is the black guy. Oh, oh, no, the first episode, no, first yeah. episode he's in. I think and I that, think we were all thinking, like, yeah. the fact that, okay, like, we're going to have these, you know, she's going to, the kids are going to, are going to, you know. Rib, 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 or whatever. And yeah. it, it is, like, and that's how it always, like, a room full of kids, and there's, like, usually, like, a smart-ass kid, two smart-asses, and, like, a kiss-ass, and they mm-hmm. represent the entire, they let this kid Represent, he's the only he's one that spoke in the yeah. entire time. And, like, he would just, he was in the direct middle, and he would say stuff, and 
everyone either laughed or high-fived, or <laughs> if she made a good point, he'd be like, good point, and they'd all be like, yeah, good, you're right. But yeah. there, there was one other black guy in the classroom, but he didn't say anything. <laughs> he sat like maybe three rows back to his left. Um, just want to establish that as canon. It's there. Yeah. yeah. There was little... also two white guys that wore the exact same sweater. <laughs> oh, wait, really? <laughs> nice. What I, what I was going to bring up, I mean, it's not really a point. It's the thing that I'm thinking. Like, listen, everything comes back to 2001. Not 9-11, but everything comes back to right. 2001 in some way. But, you know, not another teen movie came out mere weeks before this episode aired. Wow. And one of the tropes they played with hardcore. I remember that watching the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Was um oh fuck who was it it was um uh blah, blah, blah. sorry I'm googling Dion Richmond it was Dion Richmond's parody of Dulé Hill's character and she's all that as the token black guy right right <laughs> just to like come in with like one snarky hip you know <laughs> rebut whatever's going on like in the background like reliably once every act yeah and uh, I was like damn and, like it, it progressively gets like more inappropriate from him to even be in the room when the joke is happening, you know? It's like two people yeah. and he's there to, like, say his thing. Like, where, what are you, where are you talking? Where'd you come from? I don't know. I was like, that... But yeah. I, I just checked IMDb. Unfortunately, that is um, Ja'Cory uh, Gums's or Ja'Cory Gums' only appearance on Reba in its wow. entire, wow. Uh, what, six-season run? So... I'm not gonna know. really... We don't... We can't sugarcoat this. I think he may be the only black character who's had a speaking No, the therapist. Oh, yeah, the therapist. Early on, there was a black woman therapist. Ah, yes, the professional black, uh, well-paying job person. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and the just, like, these white people are crazy character. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's establish... Like, she was in the first scene of the show. Yeah. Yeah. To establish that... That black people, people do in fact exist. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was a good episode that I'm sure you we all read. Maybe Lauren Michelle Jackson wrote about the black people of Seinfeld and how they are all like this kind of professional role, you know, and they're kind of meant to establish like the Seinfeld people are like allowed to be psychotic and like black people just have to be this kind of like one note media and professional person, you know? Right. Anyway, it was which a good yeah. essay. But, I mean, yeah, I don't know what to make of... What did you say his Chuck. character's name was? Chuck. Chuck. Yeah. I mean, he had good rapport with Reba, which makes it more sad that he would not be brought on later as, like, Van's friend or something. Right. <laughs> but I guess they they got, they, they got yeah. what they needed. There's not really a lot of, like, coherent, uh, linear thinking as far as plots of Reba yeah. episodes. Well, I'm curious if, like... The couple that wanted to get married is if either of them are on another episode of Reba. Yeah, I don't this know. is the only did one. Did they, they get an arc? James, I mean, where did you go? Oh, we lost him. We lost him. Oh, I was muted. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, so you want you wanted to know if uh, so you were asking if they got an arc, right? Yeah. Is it out of bounds to IMDb this episode? No. No. Okay, I'm 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 IMDing that. But what I will say. While I'm doing this, um, is uh, oh, you know what's interesting on the IMDb page for Mid Semester Night Stream, <laughs> Jacory Gums's Chuck is the image. It's like the it's like the wow. still, wow. not not you know uh, not the friends. Um, anyway, all right, so wild. it's Lacey Beeman's Marissa, and <laughs> nope, that's it. That's all we see of her. I don't know about the guy, but, you know, if they're a couple, that's that's it for them. Yeah. And so that makes us even, like, weirder. And, uh, you know, yeah. I think it was Johnny, well, you had said, you know, the, the improbability of, uh, you know, the plot. I just, I, I literally can only imagine what it was like to engage in certain carnal relations in high school. Um <laughs> I can't. I. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've never done that. You got. You got to own your life, right? Um, and that. It's that's okay. That's okay, kids that are listening to this. <laughs> don't feel pressured. You do, when you're you ready, you're ready. Don't have a rebel in your life to bounce it off of. Well, okay, still... okay, okay. What I. What I will say, if I were doing that, and one of my parents walked in on the act, <laughs> on the precipice of the action, 
I just can't imagine. Like, I feel my adrenaline would be, oh, now I'm saying it out loud. Shit. Because I'm like, in what world would I want to throw, like, my best friend's mom under the under bus? The That's bus. so yeah. weird. That just, like, prompts a cascade of questions and investigations <laughs> that, like, I would not, well, as a 17-year-old, be ready to take on. But now I'm thinking about it out loud. I'm like, yeah, maybe I would just be like, I don't know. Mrs. Whoever told me to do it. Yeah. Like, I, I think that, like, this is a very specific circumstance that is tied up in a lot of, like, feelings of embarrassment or shame or whatever. But, like, I think that you guys are underplaying how much snitching happens in high school. That's, like, the number one place snitching happens. You get in trouble, like, like you buy beer for someone and that person gets caught with beer, like, you're cut. Like, they always, like, the, I feel like the snitching rate is, like, 50-50 in high school. So, I don't know. It, it didn't it didn't shock me that, that, that but, Eagle but, was thrown under the bus. But, but Johnny, what I, I would just counter with, like, if I were going to snitch, I was going to say which I don't, but if someone does something <laughs> bad, speak up. <laughs> If I were um, to snitch, the if, book I were, by if I were, <laughs> if I were to lead a, a snitch-free life, um, <laughs> this went nowhere. Point is this: if I found this, if I'm in that situation, I think I'll be more inclined to snitch on, you know, Van or Cheyenne. Right? It's tangential to Reba, yeah, but it's not bringing yeah. in like this extra like. La- like, and, and again, the you awkwardness know, of even bringing Reba's name into it. Right. You're already this, in an awkward situation. Exactly. Yeah. It's like I, and, and again, I understand that emotions in these situations might run high, I, you know. Sure. But like, and I'm coming at this as like with the mind of a 30-year-old and not a 17-year-old. <laughs> I do. Yeah, just I will, <laughs> three 30 plus people. Newly like, 30, happy yeah. birthday, James. I will, I will handicap, you know, uh, <laughs> Van and Cheyenne and Marissa's and Eric's golf games, you know, accordingly. <laughs> but like, I don't, yeah, I just can't. The mom? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And then for, but, and, and this is where it gets a bit weird, right? I, you know, it's it's indefensible that Reba got fired because she didn't do anything wrong. But if that's the story and like you're a student and your parent is incest and they go to the principal and it's like, hey, this weird sub that you just hired told my kids to go home and have sex, that is like a, that at least would prompt an investigation, right? That's, that, not is, a, like, that is true. Like, it's like, the show paints it as like, the principal is so uptight, which she has a history of, but like, yeah, if it got to that point, the way you laid yeah, it out, yeah. then like, I don't think it would just like, die easy. You know, it would be like, it would, yeah, it would be like a controversy. Like this honestly might be in like the papers. Right. It's like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. We've already kept you for five million years, so we're going to run through some of our uh, regular segments that our listeners know and love so dearly. They're Um, chomping at the bit for that. Yeah, they they need to hear it. So first, we have, Johnny, would you like to introduce our first segment? The first one is kind of like our unique uh, category that is original to us and nobody else has. It's called the J.R. Smith Award, and it's for it's for a character who makes, like, I don't know, a big blunder, does something dumb, which in Reba and many sitcoms is, usually happens once per episode, if not many more. <laughs> but, like, despite that fuck-up that, like, you would probably not forgive in real life, the audience still loves. Yeah. Um, hmm. This one was a little bit There's not really harder. a clear J.R. Smith. I think, like, the... James usually Van wins this award. I mean, he's he's kind of like the obvious person because he's an idiot, but he's lovable. So he kind of fits that definition pretty well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think like the kind of boring one here would just be like Brock, yeah, because he's an asshole, too. dismissive asshole, yeah. and like a comforting presence at the end. Yeah, he gives a good pep talk. But I don't know. Anybody else have any any possibilities? I mean, I'm not in whole. I'm not in total disagreement with that. I mean, like you said, there's not a whole lot of folks that fit that bill. I mean, I'm trying to just think back to uh, you know that that game one finals, right? You know, right, exactly. pass the ball. <laughs> you know, if if you want to do, if you want to play it that way, right? 
you know, Marissa could be a J.R. Smith here. Because <laughs> yeah. she passes the ball to the wrong fucking person. She should have passed to Van or Cheyenne. That's true. She passes to Reba. But, but she's is, also like 17. And so right. it's like, come on, you're not going to hold that against a 17 year old. Really. I guess, like, yeah. But like, know. we never see her again. Exactly. So we she don't just get pointed out. Like, so she like, would be a great. Like, her life spirals into fuck up. <laughs> that's that's true. Like. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. Like, the, who knows? I mean, it. There's a lot. Like, the fan fiction could be written about them. Of yeah. What happens next? Like, I mean, it's because honestly, it's possible that like that they did just get married. You know, like they got. Yeah. Who knows? What yeah, we happened. never got that closure. That's so right. Whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, J.R. Smith handled all right most incongruous moment there's usually like a line or scene or something that just like doesn't make any sense for me it's definitely the last part where it's like giving jake the sex talking like walks very solemnly into the kitchen it's just kind of like okay we've just spent the whole episode establishing that reba has like a sensible approach to like talking about sex with people under 18 you know like i don't think any of that suggests that she would need to like feel the need to give jake a sex talk so are you saying that in in this world jake would already have some kind of awareness of what sex was because reba reba is so like well i think that's what they're insinuating at the end of the show i think well no i mean i think like he's just he doesn't need that talk yet yeah no no definitely it's just weird he's too young it's it's like the idea i think it's the show is suggesting that because of this because of the debacle that came out of this Mm -hmm. episode she's like why don't i just get ahead of there's there's never too early to scare my kids into not having sex which is kind of weird because it's like yes this episode did have its you know hijinks related to sex but like that's been the the case for the entire series. Like, right. why would this make her panic about her other two kids more than like the all the episodes about Jake? I mean, Van and Cheyenne navigating their pregnancy together yeah. when they're both complete idiots. You know? Yeah. No, totally. Yeah, I think I don't know. James, did that scene? Did anything stand alarm out to you, you, or did anything else stand out to you? Um, it, it's very minor. It's in my notes, so I have to bring it up here. Um, that was a very good uh, analysis and color commentary from the two of you. I will say, I was not in high school in uh, 2001. In January 01, I was in fifth grade. Um, so when Reba walks to the classroom and she's like, I don't know, no, no funny business. And the kid has a fucking portable TV oh, on the stack. Yeah, yeah, oh, she brought that up too. I was like, what the insane. shit? How common was that? It's yeah, so huge. Yeah, yeah it, was it was enormous. Very funny. A good like, yeah. I don't. I just have a really hard time imagining any kid bringing a portable TV to class because like, there's no way you could like watch it covertly like in school. Right. You know, like, it's not like there's anything streaming. Like he's watching like daytime TV. Yeah, so he's like watching the Price is Right. He's watching like the soaps. Yeah. That was very silly. I also noted that. Um, okay, moment that represents Reba as a feminist icon. Uh, I think it's going to have to be her conversation with the principal. I mean, that's kind of like the only one where she's kind of the voice of reason and the principal's like, or I guess the conversation with Marissa. I mean, where they're like, oh, well, you know why we want to get married. And she's like, oh, to have sex? Like, oh, whatever. You know, like, right. that's kind of, like, her relatively yeah. like, liberated idea about, like, sex and yeah. whatnot. Basically, having sex and not being married not is, is way better than getting married to have sex. Exactly. Which yeah. is, I, like, I don't think by 2001 it was that controversial, but right. it's still, right. like, yeah. more feminist than not. I would I would uh, respectfully put the Marissa conversation yeah. ahead of the principal conversation I think that's fair. because the principal was just being a dunce. Like yeah. You're, yeah. you're a grown ass human being, and you can't wrap your head around this. Like, I, I mean, granted, it was still a good conversation to have, and you know, it was great that Reba was standing up <laughs> for herself and her kids and these two fucking randos that she was just like, yeah, I don't care, I'm gonna do your thing. But it was. Like the, the the conversation with Marissa felt more mm-hmm. like a, a very special episode moment. 
Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, so, that's yeah. true. That's true. And, and like, I that's imagine, acting. It, yeah, exactly. It's like, well, it's one of those things that comes out of, you know, great acting and great writing of like, I think that it's hard not, I mean, at least as an adult even, to be like, oh, I don't know what I would say. You do right. like think of like, what right. would you say to that kid? Yeah. And like, like, it's like, well, would you have done much better than Reba did in that moment? If a kid was like, we're getting married so we can have sex and they're, 17 or something yeah no definitely okay the next segment is the one that i keep kind of dropping the ball on of like finding a reba song to match the episode i'm not coming up with like a great option i mean is there not a, like a sad song about like a marriage falling apart or oh there's a like, lot of songs about that, that could be that's like the message she was trying to convey with yeah marissa and that's What's true. Um, there's this one called Small Two-Bedroom Starter that's a good song. Kind of alludes to um, Cheyenne talking about, like, the alternate reality in which um, Reba had kicked her out and she was, like, living in a trailer park with Van and, like, didn't have any resources or anything, you know? Just sort of mm-hmm. the necessity of humble beginnings when it's kind of you and your spouse against the world and whatever. Anyway. Um, so okay. that's one, what, one what's option. It again? Small two bedroom starter. Okay. Um, all right. But yeah. And then last one. Final one. I mean, this one's like, we it, can be, it can be bit. the easiest one, but then it's like, it's always embarrassing. James had some hard. good ideas yeah, for this one I already. Think we can so. kind of just cheat and use like the plot points James had, unless somebody's got a sharp little joke punch up, but this is just like punching up a Reba joke. So okay, they said this, and this is what they were going for. Yeah. And it would have been even funnier if they said blank. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, James's total episode said, said, yeah. Like, that would have been way... Like, you know, you get the banana and the condom and blah, 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 hilarity ensues. Or or a goat, him finding out what goat stands for. Uh, And then, like, maybe this could be good for for me. I want my son to be the goat. Uh, or, Or your full thing of, like, you said of of the baby actually being a goat yeah like that would totally certainly be trip. a joke but yeah. i'm still trying to think of a white cornerback um from like the last 10 years <laughs> yeah no we've we i mean has a hall of career. like we keep saying we're gonna have like a football, a football writer like a specific football writer on to talk about like how good van could like because so you i mean you probably can tell that that the idea is that he's a very good football player but they have episodes dedicated to, like, this football team would win every game with him and lose 50-0 to zero without him. Like, the value <laughs> they put he's a on a cornerback. And it's, like, the, the fact that they, like, choose to make him the, you know, the incredible football player is, is not weird. It's weird that they're, like, boom, and he's a cornerback. So yeah, like yeah. You also have to believe that this is like the best. Like this is how often Deion is Sanders Blitzik? in like '96. <laughs> like, but yeah, I mean, like he's, we haven't had like a football centric episode in a while, though. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll we'll have to see how it all pans out. Um, but yeah, I feel like James. Did you have any other jokes that you think could have been taken to the next level? Um, no, I will share like the joke that got the. You know how sometimes you watch TV and you get, like, one good guffaw in? Like, <laughs> right. It's, like, um, totally, like, you're not expecting it. Yes. It <laughs> like, was you're joke. giving a lot of, like, uh, polite laughs and one gets you involuntarily. <laughs> exactly. And it's the, it's at the very end, right, where it's the callback to, um, you know, Van being upset that there's no milk left. And then he comes out onto the, into the back porch and he's just kind of, like got milk and i was like wow <laughs> that is so fucking 2001 i love it i was like run that back i had i had i had, I had, I had that landed real good and, like the thing is like it's these are the kind of shows where either you're like usually gonna make fun of the acting but like the jokes we told in that era and when we were i mean no matter what like young people tell dumb jokes like he also delivered that line exactly how it would be delivered by yeah. high school like that's exactly how he would say it, it was just like kind of proud of it but like keeping a straight face <laughs> enough you know like and and then just being like this like you know in his mind he's like this if, if i make if brushes. i make a reference to being out of milk and then someone shows up at my door 
with a gallon of milk and just casually says got milk, I I would marry that person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, especially not only, like, and, like, the subtlety of, like, having yeah. a bigger thing to address, but right. saying yeah. that first is, like, oh, shit, okay, well, like, I'm more comfortable talking about our marriage now that we both that got, got a, a small laugh at this. I mean, I think 12 episodes in, it's pretty clear that, like, Van is the best actor of the bunch. I mean, Reba is also good, but Reba's effectively playing herself, you know? Right. Yeah. So... Like, Van, the fact that, like, Van would go on to be on another show where he would just play, like, lovable idiot Mm -hmm. for another 10 years, like, I don't know if you watch Shameless, but he was on, he's on Shameless, and plays the exact same character, but in Chicago, and older and it's like okay i mean he's just good at this yeah like he knows how to play he's funny dumb good guy yeah yeah very impressive resume you know he has too (laughs) i'm looking at it right now this is good (laughs) give you some inspiration for further viewing Oh, you know, I'm gonna watch all the the, the Steve Howie filmography. That's my uh, project. <laughs> We're gonna expert. get him on Rebo Watchable someday. Hundred percent. The, the yeah. goal. Not like the 126 episode. Yeah. <laughs> 127 is going to Reba. Yeah. 126 can will be, be banned. Oh, he was on a basketball scholarship. Interesting. The wow. actor was. Yeah. How tall is Steve Howie? <laughs> furious typing sounds in the background. You don't even have to splice that in. And just like put it in in post. Oh my, my god! Famous he's, audio. He's 6'4". Okay, that's that's pretty respectable. I mean, that's that's tall for a that's like a little too tall for a cornerback. <laughs> yeah, just a little like bit. That, you like know. that is, they're not a ton of. I think that the Cowboys drafted a cornerback this year, and he was six four, and he was the tallest cornerback in the draft. Mm. So like. For a high school cornerback, this dude is, I mean, I don't know how, he's not covering anybody in the slot. Like, he's not covering, like, a, a Wes Welker or a, maybe he's staying with, like, the, you know, the possession receivers, the first down receivers. But mm-hmm. All right. Well, I mean, great episode. We had our guest who, Natalie went over his resume, but... The number yes. one thing is that he is currently in first place in the Reba Watchables Fantasy Football League. Hey. After that is, that after beating me by like five <laughs> points because right. I didn't start both Amari Cooper and Tony Pollard like an idiot. <laughs> <sighs> uh, yeah, that, that lead is tenuous. It's going to end pretty soon. I'm in first place with like the third least points for. That's <laughs> <laughs> called luck, okay? Like all of my games seven. are like 79.84 to like 78.01. <laughs> Hey, you, all, you can only face the opponent in front of you. Yeah. It's Sorry, I'm, I was looking at Steve Howie basketball pictures right now. It's, <laughs> it's pretty great. Holy shit! All right, I'm sending this to you via text. Okay, it's a good, thank you. It's a good one. All right. Is he... I mean, I wonder if the actor, like, petitioned to, like, be like, well, no, it'd be better if I was a basketball player. And the writers were like, this is Texas. Like, we're making... You're a cornerback. Yeah. <laughs> James, I haven't gotten it yet. It's coming. It's coming. Um, actually, just let me do this on my phone. Just give me one second. Um, Steve Howie basketball. <laughs> How often does Google come into play with your with your Reba watching? Uh, I mean, give this a, a little bit more like discreet, but oh. <laughs> but we'll I see. like that. Like it's better to sort of be transparent with the audience. Yeah, right. I'm, not, like, I'm googling something. I just Whoa. sent that to you. I'm getting that as a poster. <laughs> Wow. That is Chris, no that is Bert, Chris Birdman Anderson without the taxes. <laughs> Wait, where did he go to school? He plays for, it looks like he plays for like the Hornets when they were in New Orleans. <laughs> and what is he's just wearing a towel while yeah, it's like a layup from the free throw line? <laughs> to share this episode with all of our fans the photo yeah we'll post this uh, thank you there. for your doing some photo research james oh of um, course and thank you for coming on the episode this was so fun thank you for taking it seriously and doing your research we appreciate your commitment to the yeah. Yeah. thank Top you I, I, I admire the uh the project uh the project building so thank you yeah very good you too 
Okay. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to uh, tell your friends, subscribe, leave a review, or follow James on Twitter. James, what's your handle? Uh, it's uh, I actually routinely forget this. It's uh, <laughs> fuck. It's a uh, at James A Bennett I I. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, don't give forget the A. James. No, Price. really. There's like a James. There's a J Bennett I I who's like. This twelve-year-old, I, <laughs> I like occasionally see him. I'm like, so "Hey, <laughs> can I get this handled, please?" And he's like, "No." I'm like, I'm "Sorry, dude." So the A, the A is crucial. Okay, don't forget the A. Follow James. Leave us a review. Tell your friends, um, and we will see you next time. See ya.